You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Cam Berry, a fun Wednesday show planned for you as we've got our birthdays in sports, a nightly TV guide, and so much more that we're going to accomplish here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. If you would like to be a part of the program, you can by calling 334-887-3401. Auburn football gets set for their second-to-last home game of the season on Saturday night, taking on Texas A&M. Coming up on Friday here on the show, we're going to be broadcasting live from the Auburn Alumni Center, and we will have a wonderful program set to take place on Friday from the Auburn Alumni Center. To be a part of the show, give us a call again, 334-887-3401. Cam Barry, how are you? I'm doing great. First show back in a week after uh, going up to Tennessee, Gatlinburg for the weekend. It was a great time, great Great weekend. Wish the Falcons would have been able to pull out that win, and uh, that was that was tough for the weekend. But uh, Hawks looking like they're pretty decent. Handed the Bucks their first win, or uh, first loss of the season already. Um, but yeah, glad to glad to be uh, on the show. Ready ready for this weekend. Ready to enjoy some Auburn football. The atmosphere is going to be absolutely insane um, and sold out, and, and that's really cool. Everybody's going to be out there to support Cadillac as the interim head coach, and. And that's going to be really, really great. So I'm, I'm excited to be out there. I'll be on the sidelines um, taking videography and stuff. So that'll be really cool. And I'm excited to be able to get that opportunity. So, yeah, uh, a busy week and a, a full week. And I'm really excited. Fun game coming up on Saturday for sure between Auburn and Texas A&M going head-to-head on the gridiron here. Both teams riding a five-game losing streak. Somebody's got to win when it comes to Saturday. Tom Peavy, how are you? Doing great. Uh, yeah, the game this weekend is- – it's it's two unranked teams with really bad records, but it's going to be a sellout crowd, and uh, you you can tell the anticipation is, is really there for Auburn and the Auburn fans with Cadillac coming in. His first game as the interim head coach at home, uh, a night game on top of that. So uh, it, it's crazy how down in the dumps both of these teams are right now. But this might actually be the biggest, most hype home game of yeah. the entire season. And uh, and it's all just because of the excitement that's kind of around uh, Cadillac Williams as, as the interim head coach. So looking forward to that and uh, looking forward to getting through the rest of the week. We're almost there. We are almost there, that's for sure. Ryan, how are you? Uh, doing well, man, and uh, good to be back on the show again today. Uh, I know that we will continue to break down. Uh, now we, we previewed what could happen with the playoff rankings, and so now we have those 
next batch of playoff rankings and so break those down and look for, look forward to this Auburn Texas A&M game as mentioned uh, continue to break down Auburn basketball as we get into the season and start to see them play a couple times a week and start to analyze how they're looking as a basketball team so uh, excited for another day and good to be with you as always. So much fun and a great show planned for you. Again, we can't wait to chat with you about anything going on in the wide world of sports. And uh, again, coming up on Friday, we've got a really fun show planned for you from the Auburn Alumni Center. Here's more on it. Sports Call is taking the show on the road and you are invited. Join us for Sports Call Live from the Auburn Alumni Center on Friday, November 11th from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. as we get you set for Auburn football versus Texas A&M and preview the Auburn Alumni Association's great game day experience, the Huddle Tailgate. We will have lots of great giveaways from our fine sponsors. So come join us at the Auburn Alumni Center located at 317 South College Street. And don't forget to stop by the Huddle Tailgate on game day for food and drinks, giveaways, and visits from Albie the Tiger and Auburn Cheerleaders. Look for the giant inflatable tiger head. It's Sports Call live from the Auburn Alumni Center on Friday, November 11th. It's coming up on Friday, and our show goes on the air at 3 o'clock. We uh, went there twice last season, and we got another contract with them for two visits this year. One of those has already gone by. Homecoming weekend, we were there for Auburn. And now we get to go back on Friday, and we're going to be giving away Auburn football tickets at Friday's show. So it is a sellout. But we're going to have some tickets for folks to come on by and uh, and win those in order to go to the game. And we always just have the best of times at the Auburn Alumni Center. Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting uh, day to be at the Alumni Center. And uh, I know the excitement, for especially for a team that has struggled all year long, uh, is, is kind of peaking right now. And I think a lot is being put in this game, even though obviously the Iron Bowl is still to come and you, and you have that Western Kentucky game. This is... I think this game just means a lot for the psyche and morale and just just because there is some build-up to it and you can feel some excitement uh, that, that Auburn's really pouring a, a lot of effort and um, a, lo- a, lot of, a lot of want for this game to be able to get one in the win column and, and uh, you know get out of the SEC play with just not just one win on the year um, and, and get a win for, for Cadillac in the SEC and, and that sort of thing. So it's going to be very exciting uh, build up as we've talked about. It did sell out. Um, you know, I, I think that you've seen a couple straight home games there where it was, uh, you know, I'm not sure how many tickets were sold, but I know that butts and seats were not 87,000. Right. So, um, but, but I think we'll, we'll get there on, on Saturday. And again, that's going to, you know, it's the it's the last home game of the year where I think people could be excited about because tip, typically people are just not excited about a game like Western Kentucky. Uh, really, no matter what, even if it is the last home game, it's it's it has the senior day element to it. But I mean, matchup wise, whether Auburn is a really good team or a bad team like this year, you know that 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 kind of matchup does not excite people. So this is the last conference game, and and so therefore. Uh, I think a lot, uh, a lot of energy being dedicated to it for obviously the the guys in the program, uh, for interim Cadillac Williams, but then also for the fan base. More time to talk about that game as the week continues to move along. We'll do it throughout today's show and again on Friday, broadcasting live from the Auburn Alumni Center. We will be outside unless rain comes into the area, uh, which Ryan, you're saying that's possible. Yeah. Uh, it's a little forecast, I guess. I love it. Uh, but, I need uh, it. So tomorrow going to be a lot, uh, especially later in the day, uh, potential for a, a good bit of showers and storms associated with Nicole. Uh, Nicole is the tropical storm that is um, east of uh, the east coast of Florida. 
what it's going to do is it's going to hit the southern half of Florida, somewhere on the east coast, and kind of slowly curve. It's going to go through the peninsula of Florida, out into the Gulf, and then come back in and, and hit somewhere in the bend of Florida, probably not really all the way out in the panhandle, but because of the direction of the storm, uh, once it gets out into the ocean, once it starts to go back north, it'll push some of those outer bands up our way. So we should see some rain uh, both Thursday, late Thursday into Friday on it, clearing out by weekend. So okay, game yeah. will be great That's on Saturday. No, no problems with rain on Saturday, but, but at least Thursday into Friday, uh, can see some some of those impacts from the tropical system because it's not a very tight system. It's very large uh, because it's all of its, it doesn't have a lot of core strength. It's not tightened circulation-wise. And so all those kind of outer bands kind of uh, get a little bit more extended and the, the wind field is a little, a little bit larger in terms of size, not strength. So uh, we'll see some, some blustery conditions on Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it'll impact us at showtime friday but certainly early part of friday could be a factor well and then what i was going to mention is uh behind that's going to be some pretty cold air so uh if you're going to the game saturday expect uh it gonna be chilly a low of 35 for saturday so high of 64 but you gotta imagine it being a night game it gonna be cold it's gonna get pretty cold in (laughs) the stadium saturday night so if you're planning on going to the game saturday make sure you're bundled up sounds like the fall yeah Yeah. sounds like the fall indeed I'm tired of this inconsistent weather. Ryan, make it stop. <laughs> I, I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, but I can't. Oh, uh, man. 334-887-3401 or toll for 888-9. While we're on it, show promotions uh, and things coming up next Thursday, eight days from today. Once again, we've done it for uh, Lord knows how many years in a row at this uh, point. Uh, but we'll be back out uh, in, in Tom Peavy's neck of the woods at the Southwest uh, volunteer fire department another chili benefit dinner uh that's going to be taking place so tom tell us a little bit more about this uh yeah so uh next thursday it's our annual chili dinner at southwest lee county fire department november 17th uh, november the no, november the 17th uh 2176 lee road 137 um that's also wire road station one uh yeah 12th year that we're doing it uh we cook a whole bunch of chili bring everybody out uh we raffle off prizes we have live music uh, this year we're gonna actually have some desserts on board. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we've got uh, so uh, a lot of great sponsors. Um, Firing Pin has been uh, a valuable, valuable sponsor to us as well as Niffers, and so yeah, it's a great family-friendly event. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of different fire departments from around the area show up, and they have their trucks on display. Our trucks are on display, uh, and it's uh, it's just a good time. To bring everybody out. Bring your family out. Enjoy some chili uh, inside the station with us and enjoy some desserts. Listen to some live music and just have a good time. You like desserts? <laughs> I like chili, yeah. too. Wait, desserts. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, uh, I would like both courses yeah. if possible. So. possible. Uh, but it is a great cause. We've been out, we've been doing this uh, for a while with the station. Yeah. Four or five years uh, now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's but always been. But you said been, it's the 12th total year to operate? Wow. Yeah. We had, to, we had to skip the COVID year. So, uh but yeah, it's our twelfth annual, and it's always a good time. We sure. see a lot of people out there, um, you know. And uh, we well, last show we had a we had like five six people on the show. I felt I like last that. time we went out there, a lot of laughs. So uh, yep. we try and bring as much of the crew out there as we can. So 
Uh, yeah, no, I we're excited about it, yeah. and I'm speaking. I'm almost speaking like I'm a part of the fire. I'm a part of the radio station. <laughs> I'm just saying the radio station is excited to be out there again. Well, and 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 so I mean the the thing is with with the uh, volunteer fire department like that, we you know we don't get a lot of funds. There's some funds that we get through uh, through a fire fee and tax, but uh, the the majority of our funds we have to get through uh, donations and through events like this to uh, be able to buy equipment and and be able to just do the things that we need to do to operate as a fire department. And so uh, uh, we put this event on every year and uh, try to raise money for the fire department. Uh, it, it goes to a good cause. The money doesn't go to waste. It's not something that we use to just kind of fool around with. Right. I mean, it, it goes to a good cause to, to buy equipment and to buy different upgraded equipment and things like that. So uh, it, it is for a great cause, and uh, we have so much support throughout the community. Uh, I mean, in the past, we've had 300 people show up. So, I mean, it's not like it's a tiny event. We we have a good amount of people show up to this thing. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. Just a very fun, family-friendly event to come out and hang out, meet all of us at the fire department, meet a bunch of other fire departments from around the area, and just have a great night. I love it. We'll be there next Thursday. And, again, on Friday, we're at the Auburn Alumni Center. Before our first time out today, let's celebrate our birthdays. <laughs> It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports presented by Max Credit Union. Allow Max Credit Union to help you with all of your banking needs. Two convenient locations to help you out. One in Auburn on Gay Street. One in Opelika on Frederick Road. Max Credit Union is there for you. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports on November 9th of 2022. A man by the name of Kyle Rudolph is turning 33 years old. He is a tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He played three years of college football at Notre Dame. Drafted by the Vikings in the second round of the 2011 NFL Draft with the 43rd overall pick. Also played with the Giants, and like we said, he's now with the Buccaneers. A two-time Pro Bowler, including the 2012 Pro Bowl MVP. Kyle Rudolph is 33 years old today. I don't know if I knew the Pro Bowl gave MVPs. Uh, also, I would love to see the list because I bet there's some like some random, uh, you know, super really, random, really random. Because Kyle Rudolph would absolutely apply to that as a super random one, and then it'd be a random Hall of Famer, and then uh, there's just no telling. But I guess those days of that will be over now that we won't have a Pro Bowl anymore. Uh, and Rudolph wears number eight now for the yep. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm still not used to single digits on tight ends, and just anybody can wear any number at this point, and. I don't, I'm just I'm I like not used it. to I it. I, I, I like it. I think it's – well, because we see it in the college games. We do so see some, it, yes. More of these guys are getting to keep their, their traditional uniform numbers now. Um, so, I, I I I mean, I get it in the, in the context of the NFL, it's weird, but also in the context of football overall, like that should have been – It's it inconsequential. Been it's a jersey yeah. number. I grew up around the NFL. Let them wear whatever jersey number they want. Yeah, uh, it's just, you know – it's interesting. Uh, Jacoby Myers is turning 26 today. I am one year and one day or two days older than him. Uh, NFL wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Fun fact. Played four years of college football at NC State. Signed with the Patriots as an undrafted free agent in 2019. And he's turned into quite a player uh, as an undrafted free agent. Holding on with the uh, Patriots. It's uh, Jacoby Myers who turns 26 pa- years old. Patriots are better the later in the draft they go and with undrafted guys than they <laughs> so are at the weird. top of their draft. That's yeah. the weirdest thing, man. Um, all right, Adam Dunn is turning 43 years old today. Former MLB outfielder and first baseman drafted out of high school by the Cincinnati Reds in the second round of the MLB draft in 1998. 
He made his debut with the Reds in 2001. Also in his career, played for the Diamondbacks, Nationals, White Sox, and Athletics. Two-time MLB All-Star. He's a Hall of Fame member for the Cincinnati Reds. Adam Dunn is turning 43. Well, he, before it was cool to say the three true outcomes crowd, uh, Adam Dunn was that guy. A lot of home runs, a lot of walks, a lot of strikeouts. I think he had a 200 strikeout season before it was uh, a little more. It's a little more common now. It's still awful. You should not be striking out 200 right. times in a year, but uh, I think Adam Dunn accomplished that. But then he'd also have like 100 walks in the season. So Dunn was a very much, uh, if he, he didn't hit it often, but when he did hit it, it went a long way. 100 walks? That's impressive. Yeah, he's patient. I mean, that's why he struck out so much is not only did he swing and miss, he'd get in those two-strike counts because he'd be patient. Love it. Love it. Uh, David Duvall is turning 51, former PGA Tour golfer, and now he's currently on the PGA Tour champions. Uh, Played college golf at Georgia Tech, two-time ACC Player of the Year, where he was a National Player of the Year in 1993. Joined the PGA Tour in 1995, 13 PGA wins including the Tour Championship in 97, the Players' Championship in 99, and the Open Championship in 2001. One of the exclusive people in life to say they have held the world number one in the official world golf rankings. David Duvall is 51 years old today. So I always told the story back in my younger days uh, in the 90s, around the time when David Duvall was like big time, I looked just like him. I, I had we had the same wow. facial hair. We wore the exact same Oakleys. Had the exact same hat. Not not by me trying to look like him. We just, just happened happen. to be that way. And uh, so much so that there was a picture of him that I showed my mom, and she thought it was me. She <laughs> she was like, "How did they get such a good picture of you playing golf?" And I was like, "That's that's David Duvall." <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun story. Yeah. I like that. And his birthday is one day before yours. One day before mine. Yeah, go figure. How about that? David Duvall, 51 A little bit older than me, though. (laughs) I love that. You know, they always say golf is the one sport that you could play your entire life. It's something that you should absolutely pick up. And so much so, they've turned it into, hey, we've got the PGA Tour champions version. Yeah. No, I mean... It's a good gig. Fifties yeah. and sixties, and because the, there's still, still a purse and everything that they're playing yeah. for, right? Oh wow. yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to over overestimate it. But you, can, if you play a full year out there, play most events, I think you still win a million plus out there, like easily. I think you win a couple million. And you transition from the tour to the champions tour because you've got a better chance of winning at that point. Well, not- yeah. I mean, when you get to fifty, you know, I mean, a lot of the length. Uh, starts to leave you you know you can hit the same quality of short iron shots and pitch shots putt well but you're just not with those 600 yard par fives 500 yard par fours you're just not going to be able to have reasonable club lengths into those holes I mean some people some of those guys once they get in their upper 50s wouldn't even be able to hit the green in in two on a on a 500 520 yard par four so um it's just it's more practical David Duvall is 51. Our last birthday today on November 9th of 2022. Trendon Watford is turning 22 years old. NBA power forward for the Portland Trailblazers. Twice he was named Alabama Mr. Basketball. Playing at Mountain Brook High School in Birmingham. Played two years of college basketball at LSU. SEC All-Freshman Team in 2020. He signed with the Trailblazers after going undrafted in the 2021 NBA Draft. Trendon Watford turning 22. Again, played at Mountain Brook 
in Birmingham. Twice was named Mr. Basketball. Yeah. A lot of people thought he was going to go to Alabama. Ended up going to LSU for a season. Funny story. I know I know his cousin. We went to AUM together. Okay. Yeah, I, I was talking about him getting drafted, something like that, and she goes, oh, yeah, he's my cousin. We did a whole like project <laughs> together and everything, and yeah, that was just a little random tidbit. I uh, So here we go. The two-time Alabama Mr. Basketball. I wanted to point this out. Last uh, or Monday night at the Auburn basketball game, we had the $5,000 tuition shootout, which is excellent. 24 seconds on the clock. Can you make a layup? Did someone do it? A free throw. Someone actually did it? A three-pointer and a half-court shot. Someone said that they were an all-state basketball oh, player they were talking about this in guy Alabama. <laughs> and I, I was I, I looked at that, took off the headset and just all right, let me see what's up here. He was wearing the Leeds Charles Barkley jersey, right? Couldn't make a free throw. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, made, made, made the layup right away, but, I mean, missed oh. probably six or seven free throws, Ouch. and his 24 seconds expired. Too so, funny. oops. Seeing Alabama, just, Mr. Bass. Trinidad Watford was a first-team All-State player in high school. I just appreciate the guys actually get to the half-court shot right. because there's really a sad few of them actually. And I couldn't tell if, I couldn't tell I if he was it. joking. You know, no one really could, but it's like, I don't know that that's well, the place. grade the form? Did he have good form? It was okay. It was fine. It, yeah. it wasn't, I didn't. That wasn't the It wasn't to, awful to look to at it. Yeah, claim. I just don't, don't. It was very bold. Even if you're the best shooter in the world, yeah. right? No, 24 seconds, it. you need to make four straight shots from different, and one of them being a half-court shot. I'd rather just be quiet and let just, everybody yeah, be Just, yeah, be amazed that it happens. Like, oh, my gosh. Because some it. of the people that like, get it done, it's like they just had incredible luck that all of a sudden I've hit these four shots in a row, and this half-court heave did find the bottom of the net. Anyway, fun story from the other night. All right, that was Birthdays and Sports presented by... Our friends over at Max Credit Union, Adam Dunn, Trendon Watford, Kyle Rudolph, Jacoby Myers, David Duvall, also the regular birthdays. When we come back, James from Montgomery is on Sports Call. Tiger 95.9. JJ Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. JJ Jackson, Ron LaVoy, Cam Barry, and Tom Peavy inside our studios here on South College Street. We want to take your phone calls 334 887 3401 or toll free at 1889-Tiger9 to be a part of the program. As we go to our Auburn Bank phone line and joining us on the show, we've got James from Montgomery. Our buddy James has called into Sports Call. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle to you, sir. Yeah, I'm actually counting the days down to this big matchup between Auburn and Texas A&M, and I think Auburn is going to come out with a big win on top Saturday night. Yeah, we've lost five in a row, and Texas A&M has lost five in a row. Yeah, that that is um, a big loss between Auburn and Texas A&M, but I think Texas A&M, uh, well, no, I'm rephrasing that. I think that Auburn is going to win 
at home. They're going to have a home field advantage. And I know this is a sold-out game. So, I mean, a lot of Auburn fans, this is going to be our first time ever playing under the light since 2012. So, this is going to be a historic matchup between Auburn and Texas A&M. And it, it's, going to be, it's going to be one to remember when this game is said and done. What's the score going to be? I think this score for Saturday night under the lights in Jordan Hare Stadium, it will be 58 to Texas A&M, 22. 58 to 22. Wow. You feel that way? I, I actually feel that way as well. So these are the last three games on our schedule, and I think these last three will be all wins, and I think we might as well push for a bowl game this year as well. What bowl game would you like to go to? I would like to see Auburn actually play in the Birmingham Bowl. They were just there last year. Yeah, so I, I, I mean... You want I them to love, go back? I would love them to go back and actually play um, in the Birmingham Bowl and um, probably playing like a classic matchup with the team that has played in the Birmingham Bowl before. I would have to say I would like to see a matchup in the Birmingham Bowl with Auburn and Middle Tennessee State as well. <laughs> Auburn and MTSU. Okay. Yes, that will be one of the classic, classic matchups. It's one of the oldest rivalries in college football. Um, I've looked at um, highlights from Auburn versus Middle Tennessee State, and they actually actually played against each other years ago. What year? I think that was in the 19th. 70. Yeah, they've never played before, James. They, uh, if you look at their Winsipedia page, they've never played each other. Oh, okay, so I was just, well, yes, they didn't play each other, but I was. Um, but it'd be uh, a, it'd be a good matchup to put together. Yeah, so it would be a good matchup to put together. Um, I would have to say for the Birmingham Bowl, I would probably say Auburn and Texas Longhorns. I would love to see that matchup happen sometime real soon as well. Yeah, they've played eight times before. Uh, Auburn and, and Texas, though, haven't played since 1991. Yeah, so I think with that, I, with that being said, I think, all, I think Auburn and Texas would be a great matchup in the near future. And um, they have a really good fan base, but we're the best uh, fan base known to, known to the SEC uh, nation, and we're the loudest as well. How do you think Auburn would fare if they played Ball State? Um, that would be a really good matchup because I think Ball State, they're in the MAC division. So that would be a good one. We actually did play them uh, once before. Um, I three think times. One, yeah, we actually played them three times. So I think that would be a really good matchup to see Auburn and Ball State actually play once again as well. And I think it would be a really good good fit for uh, Cadillac Williams to actually be uh, very proud of, um, of playing in Birmingham as well. Yeah, James. I think uh, obviously when you uh, when you're talking about Auburn being three and six, you're just trying to to get to a bowl game any way you can. Although having to play Alabama at the end of the year will be very difficult and uh, very unlikely Auburn can win that game. So. They're probably looking at five and seven best case, but obviously if they're able to get six wins, they would go to some sort of bowl game. Yeah, so if we win uh, this weekend against Texas A&M, 
this week, uh, next weekend against Western Kentucky. And then the Iron Bowl, I think the Iron Bowl is going to be the, it's going to be like the hard ice on the cake to actually, um, you know, to actually break down because I know it's going to be a hard game. And that one is going to be a really uh, hard game to actually play. But I mean, anything in the Iron Bowl can actually happen. And I think it might be another kick stick you know, this time around as well. So I'm hoping and praying that that will actually happen because I will be there in person to actually uh, see that history uh, being made um, once again and seeing all the Auburn fans uh, storm Brian Denny Stadium field and um, and show them, you know, show the Alabama fans uh, what we're really about when we come uh, that week for the Iron Bowl as well. Will that be the uh, first ever Iron Bowl you will have attended? Um, that would be yes. That would be my first Iron Bowl. This will be my first Iron Bowl that I will ever attend, and um, it, it's something you know. This one has a lot of heart. It has a lot of memories to me. Um, you know, seeing being in Brian Dunn Stadium for for a long time since I was an Alabama fan at one point, and um, getting getting to be back to where it all started and. And being on the other side of that of that um, rivalry as well, being as an Auburn fan that I am, and I'm a dar- I'm a diehard Auburn fan through and through. So I just I just love the sights, sounds, and uh, seeing some of the great uh, legends of the past that actually play in that beautiful stadium in Tuscaloosa as well. Yeah, a lot of history has been made there, and obviously in the Iron Bowl. So we'll be looking forward to it. But obviously, first things first, Auburn's got to play. Uh, Texas A&M, and, and uh, that will be a big one inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday night. What else do you have on your mind? Well, I'm actually going to be looking at Alabama. I know Alabama is playing Ole Miss, so I have Ole Miss favorite to beat them by 67 points total favorite. I, I don't know if that uh, that kind of margin is going to happen either way, James. Obviously, that would be – I mean, you're very confident in Ole Miss, and I think uh, Ole Miss definitely has a real chance considering how Alabama's played on the road this year and, and losing to LSU last weekend. But I'd be very surprised if it was a 67-point margin. Yeah, because I think, you know, with their record in 7-2, and two, I think at the end of their schedule, they don't look like they're going to be in a bowl game. I don't – See Alabama being in the bowl game. Um, it'll be, you know, it'll be a, a, a hard miracle for the University of Alabama to actually make it to a bowl game because I just looked at on uh, yesterday. I was looking at the college football playoffs and they dropped Alabama all the way down. So I know it's going to be a hard test for Alabama fans to actually take that loss. So I think it'll be a seven and three um, overall um, favorite of their loss as well. So they'll be. Uh, 73 and then their overall is uh i'll probably say their overall would be two and seven losing to auburn in the iron bowl as well well james they, they've already won seven games so they can't uh they can't drop to two and seven they could finish seven and five that could be the worst record alabama would have although they do have a non non-conference game I think wiggled in there so they should be able to win that one no matter what so I really I mean either way Alabama has qualified for a bowl game I think you're thinking of the playoff that they uh, are are not going to be able to make at this point unless something unbelievably crazy happened but uh, they will they will at least make a bowl game 
yeah, so I, um, I'll probably see, like, if they make a bowl game, I'll probably say they'll make, like, the, the, um, like the, like the Cheez-Its Bowl or, like, the Mayonnaise Bowl or something like that as well. Yeah, the Duke Mayonnaise Bowl or uh, the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, I, I don't know if either one of those has the SEC bowl ties. Maybe the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl does. I, I know the Cheez-It Bowl does not. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. They are still ranked pretty highly. I think they're number 10, I want to say, um, in the top 25 or number 9. So they still have a chance to make a New Year's Six Bowl as well. But obviously the playoff would be very difficult. Yeah, so with, um, with playoff um, push right around the corner, um, I'm actually looking at some uh, – some great games that are going to be coming to Montgomery for the Camellia Bowl uh, this weekend, seeing if Georgia Southern is going to make a, a push for uh, to punch a ticket into the Camellia Bowl. Um, Marshall and um, Appalachia State. So I think those those four teams might make it this year to the Camellia Bowl as well. And um, I've, I've been hearing everybody's been talking about is Troy going to make it to the bowl and, uh, you know, make it to the Camellia Bowl. And I don't see Troy making it to this year's Camellia Bowl because Troy has never been to a Camellia Bowl in Montgomery. I don't know if people think that's out there, but I looked at Troy's uh, last time they actually played in the bowl game. It wasn't in Montgomery uh, because they're they're not in they're in the, in the Sunbelt region, but they never made it to the Camellia Bowl as well. Well, there is a first time for everything, so one day they might be able to uh, make it into the Camellia Bowl. Uh, so, but uh, you had a few different options there for who you wanted to see, and you said Georgia Southern and Marshall might be your favorites to go to the Camellia Bowl. Yes, as well, because I think Marshall. I was watching them last last night, and I think Marshall. Uh, no, not last night. I was watching them two nights ago, and I think Marshall won their season and then after that game I think I heard um, I think they were saying that they were going to go to Montgomery, they were coming to Montgomery so that was their opportunity to come so I'm not quite sure if that's actually true or not so I'm just going to see what uh, what uh, measures are going to be uh, put in place for the Camellia Bowl as well Good stuff James, good stuff anything else on your mind today? Oh, yes, I actually do have um, one quick thing about uh, LeBron James. Did y'all hear that uh, he cannot make the um, scoring record that's been held for a long time by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? So it's a hot um, thing out there in the NBA world. And I think, you you know, the Lakers, they're not doing so good. And I think it's time for LeBron James to actually retire and just, you know, leave the NBA to the... No to the way. You, you think so? I know so, because, you know, age, um, you know, father time has actually caught up to LeBron James. You can you can see it in his in his um, way of playing on the court. So I think it's time for him to hang up his shoes and, uh, you know, probably let his son play basketball as well. I love watching LeBron play, though, James. I want him to keep playing for a few more years. Yeah, so... Um, he will be playing for a few more years, but he will. Um, I think he's going to be calling his retirement sometime real soon, so he's not getting an extended on his contract. So this will be 
his final uh, time yeah, playing with he, the He with had the just Los signed Angeles an extension, Clubs. so you think they'll void that? Um, I think they will avoid. I think they will avoid his uh, extension to to actually keep, uh, you know, to actually keep playing. But I'm not quite sure on that as well. That'll make me sad, James, and I don't want to be sad. He's my favorite player. I want him to get to keep playing. I don't. I don't want to be sad. Yeah, nobody in the NBA doesn't want to be sad as well. And I'm I'm hoping he'll stay around for a long time. And uh, seeing so if the sad. Lakers. And seeing if the Lakers might make it back to the NBA Finals as well. I think he's going to get the record, James. I think he's going to keep playing and he's scoring a lot of buckets. And I think next thing you know, LeBron James will be the greatest scorer ever in the game's history with the number of points he's going to put up. Yeah, as well. And, um, you know, I know earlier, I know y'all were talking about that y'all were, uh, you were doing a, uh, a game last night in uh, Neville Arena. And I know they do like the little uh, contest they actually done last night. Yeah. And if I was actually at that game, I would. I wouldn't do the half court shot, but I'll probably do like the little free throw shots or the three point shots, and I can make them all in before my twenty four seconds are up. You think so? Just throwing it out there. I I know. So I actually uh, play uh, pickup basketball from time to time. And I go and see my sister, and um, I actually practice a lot. All so, right, so w- what's the next basketball game that you're going to go to? Um, I don't know for sure. Okay, well, when you find out, let us know, and we'll try to get you to compete in the uh, in the shootout. All right, I will do that. So I will probably probably come to Neville Arena in 2023. Okay, we'll mark it down then, okay? All right, sounds good. And um, I will probably get some uh, Auburn and Texas trivia just to – uh, roll it out here. All right. So Auburn and Texas A&M in the 2015 game, Auburn defeated Texas A&M in College Station. What quarterback was playing for Texas A&M that now currently plays for the Arizona Cardinals? I would have to say that will be plays for the Arizona Cardinals. I would probably get like a hint on this one. He transferred from Texas A&M and went on to Oklahoma. He was the number one pick in the NFL draft. Also a top ten pick in Major League Baseball. He played quarterback at Texas A&M in 2015. And now he plays for the Cardinals. I would have to say that would be Johnny Mandel. Great guess. Auburn beat him, though, uh, a couple of years before that. It was not 2015. So who was the quarterback right after that? Um, I would have to say, um, let's see. I don't know if he's still on the Arizona Cardinals roster. He is. He's their starting quarterback. I would have to say Matt Ryan. He plays for the Colts. We're looking for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray played at Texas A&M in 2015 when Auburn beat them, and now Kyler Murray is the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. Yes, uh, yeah, it was, yes, Kyler Murray as well. And then on this uh, note, uh, Kyler Murray is one of the shortest NFL football players in NFL franchise history. He yeah, is he's five. not very tall. He's not, so he's uh, very, very short. How Arizona short is Cardinal. 
He is a five even. He's five feet tall? Yes, he's – no, no, I'll take the back. Because he's a short player, so um, I think he's – what? I think he was – I know he said he was like five one. I have to look at that. Yeah, he, he he's listed at 5'10", 5'11". Yeah, so I have to look at that, and I'll tell you all about that on um, Friday's show as well. Okay, very good, very good. All right, uh, good job with trivia. Kyler Murray, the answer. Yeah, so I think this one with Auburn playing against Texas A&M, I think this one will be a really, really good um, matchup, and it's one of the. It, it's going to be like a a, a, a Saturday night um, prime type, a um, prime time boxing match. So just get your popcorn ready and strap on in because this is going to be a good one. It is going to be a good one. You're exactly right about that, buddy. Well, James, it's so good to hear from you. We appreciate the call today, and we'll talk tomorrow. All right. All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our pal James from Montgomery joining us on the phone line right there as it brings the first hour of our show to a close. Alongside Tom Peavy, Ryan the Boy, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two getting underway of Sports Call today here on this kind of beautiful afternoon is starting to uh, become evening obviously yep. but uh, I'm still not used to the time change yep. I guess uh, so I looked out there and I said it's not sunny anymore because the <laughs> sun is going down but it was a beautiful day on the plains feels good out there. on this Wednesday afternoon my name is Ryan Lavoy, uh filling in for JJ for just a couple of segments he's got some company business Tom Peavy Canberry remain on the show here Fun hour number one, and let's get right into things here in hour number two. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 
one triple eight nine tiger nine to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line today, and we'll go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Ward Dam Steve and join retired Ward Dam Steve. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Um, it's always good to hear your voice and the rest of you guys. Uh, it's uh, Tom and Cam. Uh, who else? And Ryan. And Ryan. Oh, of course, Ryan. All right, so let's get after it, guys. Look, uh, I saw the lines uh, just a few minutes ago about your team, and you were favored uh, by three points. Uh, it's going to be in uh, Germany, is that right? Correct. Wow. Uh, do you know the reason for that, or is that every team has to take a European uh, tour every uh, every season? Yeah, I mean, it's just the uh, the Bucks are the yeah. designated team that uh, the NFL would like to – uh, try and get a following in Germany. Obviously, they've been doing these England games for a long time, uh, and they're picking predominantly, if not all, t- NFC teams to be the, quote, home team for these games since the NFC teams have an extra home game so that they, uh, you know, they, now that they play 17, obviously a, a segment of the teams get uh, nine home games. That are, those are NFC teams this year, so NFC teams are being designated uh, to, to have a lot of these overseas games and, and be classified as the home team. So uh, just the Bucks being a, a little bit of a draw right now. They're, they're obviously a, one of the smaller fan base teams in the NFL, but they are uh, a little more relevant right now, obviously, because of Tom Brady. Yeah. So a, Star a good, power. Yeah, a good, a good team to, to pair with Germany because they don't have a, a, as huge of a U.S. following as other teams, but yet they do matter right now. And I see it's going to be an 8.30 a.m. game uh, for us here. What time will it be over there? Uh, that's a great question. I know uh, we can figure out the Germany time zone right now. I know England is usually, what, six or seven hours right. ahead yeah. of the U.S. Uh, so I'll figure out what time. I believe it's in Munich. Uh, probably a couple, game. Yeah, I would assume that they're a couple more hours yeah. ahead. Um, so we'll we'll, like a three three thirty game, probably. Yeah, so like it that. looks like it's right now in Munich, Germany. It looks like it is eleven oh six, so seven hours ahead. So three thirty, three thirty, three thirty. Would that be? Yeah, so nice, it, Steve. Yeah. Three, well, and that'll yeah. be played like at a soccer stadium. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, moving on, guys. Real quickly, I saw our uh, first. Uh, Home game of the season, opening game of the season by our women's basketball team won ninety to seventy six over Sam Houston. Yeah, they had a uh, even bigger lead than that at times in the second half, but yes, they uh, they did win. So I obviously I didn't see any of the highlights or anything. Um, I don't know how competitive or tough opponent it was to Sam Houston. Uh, as I was saying, that Auburn was up uh, by a larger margin than that. I think they even were up twenty uh, something at the end of the third. So. Uh, that 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 game, um, I I can't speak to the entirety of the first half, but uh, the the result was not in doubt. Any takeaways uh, for this uh, win? Uh, I mean, not particularly. I didn't watch the game. Um, I was busy watching uh, election night coverage, honestly. But um, yeah, I, I think that uh, the deal here is Auburn's been getting more talent than they've gotten in, in recent years, and and uh, they've got. Uh, a team that has a lot of returning players that, that figure to to matter. Aisha Koulibaly is obviously an excellent player. Um, they, they've, they're trying to work in a few freshmen and a few new players, honestly, that, uh, that uh, should be uh, a factor at some point. But uh, Koulibaly last night had 24-10 and 10 for Auburn, so I know she's going to be a big part of it this year. All right. Thanks for that uh, education there. Uh, 
also thought the women's volleyball team has now 20 wins. Is that correct? Yes, they've won a couple in a row after, you know, they had that first rough patch really of the entire season. They lost a few few matches, but now they've won a couple in a row again. So when does the regular season end? Um, I think they've got, I want to say, a couple more weeks of regular se- season. I'll, I'll double-check that. Uh, I know it is starting to, to get close, um, but, um, you know, they do play a lot of, of, of matches and uh, trying to get you the yeah, they're twenty they're twenty and five right now. Uh, Looks like this season ends for them November twenty sixth. So, so really the same time the football wow. regular season ends yeah. about three weeks. Yeah, they're at, okay. Yeah, they're at Ole Miss uh, this Friday, and so uh, yeah, November the twenty sixth they have a. Uh, Four more matches left. Yeah, four more. So you've got uh you've got Ole Miss Friday. You got South Carolina on November the twenty third, uh, and then home against Arkansas on the twenty fifth and the twenty sixth to wrap up the regular season. And when will we know if uh, our our team Auburn's uh, team uh, makes it uh, to the uh, playoffs? Uh, I would assume a week or so after right, that. Uh, probably first week of December. I would oh, say. that's pretty soon then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Speaking of, Ryan just mentioned uh, about the uh, voting yesterday. Uh, I saw a rather sad commentary. And, you know, elections have consequences. And people who didn't vote, uh, you have no one to complain about the outcome, uh, about the policies that end up resulting. Uh, I just saw this on on the Internet from uh, Alabama's uh, website. Alabama voter turnout has been calculated statewide to have been an appalling and I'm saying this appalling, 38.5%. This is, according to Alabama's uh, website, the lowest turnout percentage going back to when? 1986, which is the first year that this website has data on that uh, on those old election data. Uh, that is, to me, just, uh, you know, just abysmal. Um, I don't know what your guys' take is on I know uh, J.J. said yesterday that everybody in the studios went and voted, but I had, I just, I, that to me is just uh, inexplainable that that many people stayed at home and didn't give a darn about uh, voting. Yeah, I mean, I, as we know, uh, midterms are a are lot less voted in than the, the general election usually. Now, uh, Ryan, I, that's not true. Across the nation, they had a higher voter turnout than anybody expected, even the posters. Historically, historically, midterms are less voted in than general but elections. not this year, not this midterm. Um, and so I, I think that, um, you know, in Alabama you just had, I don't know, I mean a, a pretty, a, a race that was pretty much not in doubt, uh, both in the governorship and uh, the U.S. Senate. Uh, I can't speak for every single um, House district, but... Uh, when you have a race that is not going to be close, uh, that usually gets a lot more apathy towards voting. And you nailed on the head there, Ron. Now, not to get more political, but, you know, the turnout to me is plain because there weren't hardly any uh, competitors on the other side. And when that happens, I guess people decide what's the point of voting, right? Yeah. That, that uh, the, the conclusion is already done. Yeah. All right. Moving on, uh, guys. Uh, about... Uh, Saturday's uh, upcoming game. I'm uh, scratching my head as to, I've been to several computer websites, sportsline.com, uh, collegefootball.com, and they are, at least at my uh, reasoning, 
uh, inexplicably picking A&M to win by two to three point margin. And uh, of course, I know it's not confused picking them as people who put in the information and the data that result in those kind of predictions. Um, and one of them, Sportsline, does 10,000 simulations. I said, wow. You mean out of 10,000 simulations, they don't even have Auburn winning once. What's your take on that, guys, that these uh, information people or whatever they're putting in there results in uh, outcome projections that we don't win the game? Uh, you know, I mean, the only thing that I can think of is, I mean, when you just look at A&M's roster, it is overall more talented than Auburn because of the recruiting classes they've had. But I, I, I don't buy it. I just I think the excitement level in Jordan-Hare Stadium Saturday is going to push Auburn over the top. But, you know, the, the folks that are looking at that thing on the money lines, that's not what they're looking at. They're, they're, looking, at, uh, they're looking at what the teams have done throughout the season. Granted, both of them have the same record. They've both been losing record. But this is a Texas A&M team that was ranked very highly at the beginning of the year, year that has not uh, – uh, lived up to to the hype, but they've still got a lot of the same talent there. So that's why I think that they're looking at A and M as probably a little bit better than Auburn. Maybe so, but I've always seen historically that Auburn even feels still gives them a three three half point advantage, you know, uh, at their home field. So that's what had me wow. Uh, even uh, you know, for the first time in a long time, uh, Vegas has us as a one half point favorite. Uh, I really, uh, I, I'm I'm so excited about this the game. Uh, as if we were six and three instead of three and six, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, and I, one of them being, I strongly dislike Jimbo Fisher, um, some of his character and coaching traits. And I, I sure hope you know we can beat this team. And I, I want to be, be beat them soundly. Uh, and uh, with that having said, I just, I, I don't see right now uh, that this will be that competitive. I really think that Auburn's going to come out uh, with their hair on fire and. Uh, really uh, play a very confident uh, and, to me, a very demonstrative game uh, to, to put all doubts that this game is even going to be close. I could be wrong, of course. Uh, speaking of that, guys, I saw on Twitter uh, today, and I don't know if it was photoshopped or not, it had Cadillac wearing a T-shirt that said, Go Crazy. Is that yeah. an actual T-shirt that's available, or was that just photoshopped? with Cadillac wearing it. It's available now. It, available, it was yeah. a it was a one one made sh- one time made shirt for him. The, the it, that is specifically Under Armour. The one he was wearing was Under Armour, but they did put them out. Uh, I just saw on Twitter that they did make some and made some fast production for him. So now they are available. They are, and you can purchase them where on Amazon. Where? Uh, let me see if I can find that, and let me get back to you. Okay, I appreciate because probably, probably through the team available. store if I had to guess. Would Auburn's a uh, regular fan uh, fan club uh, team team store have them then? AU store. That's that's what I would think. I think that would be the first place that would get them, unless Fanatics does it. But okay, not really sure. All right. Okay, uh, so that's basically uh, what I've got. Uh, I know I've already seen and you guys already talked. It's a sellout, uh, which uh, yeah. uh, I'm hoping everyone does actually uh, show up. You guys plan on uh, attending the game at all? Uh, I will be there in the press box. And I'll I'll be there on the sidelines doing some videography stuff. Uh, you can find the shirt at BreakingT.com. Breaking T. Is that a, a capital T or T-E-E? Just a T. BreakingT.com. Thanks for the information. Appreciate it. Of course. All right. And uh, finally, guys, about Friday's uh, live uh, uh, sports call show, uh, will phone calls, uh, you will be taking phone calls or not? Uh, I think the goal is probably going to attempt to. Yeah, uh, we're we 
I think we'll be able to. Um, we'll always have to make sure the equipment's uh, ready to go. But uh, as of now, we plan on it. Okay, I did see the forecast. Uh, Lisa, one of the weather channel said 81 percent uh, light rain, said, but only in the a.m. So hopefully, you should be uh, dry by then for the broadcast. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, we could uh, we could always move it inside. I don't think I think we did one inside there at the alumni center last year. So. Uh, it will be up to them, and obviously we're not going to be able to do it in the rain. So uh, we'll, we'll have it either way over that way, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out weather-wise. Okay, great. And finally, a movie uh, suggestion for you, Ron. I know you like kind of uh, odd movies. I, I know I did. Uh, so there's one that uh, I think you, you probably would like, and maybe other guys, was called The Watcher. Watcher, I think I've heard of it. Um, it's available on Shutter. Interesting, okay. Uh, it's uh, actually given eighty some percent um, a thumbs up by t- uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But uh, it was really good. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, the, the 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 ending is a real twist, uh, so you don't never know really uh, what may or may not be going on in the movie. I like um, it's called I, The Watcher. I like things like that. I'll check it out. Okay, check it out. And of course, uh, upcoming, uh, I'll be going to the movies itself. Uh, the uh, the menu. Yep. I'm absolutely going to see that. I'm excited about that one. All right, guys. Thanks for taking my phone call. And, uh, Tom, you're having a birthday tomorrow. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. So you're going to be a young 40-ish? Yes. <laughs> 40-ish. 46. Right, so yes, as well. I, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say. I'll be 46. Okay. Well, you know, it always beats the alternative. Uh, 64, yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So, uh, no, it beats the other alternative. Oh, uh, what's that? Uh, which is you're not around. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's that's very true. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you very much. Uh, will we be on the show tomorrow uh, yourself, Tom? Uh, no, I, this is the last one for me until next week. All right, week. Well then, uh, a, uh, I guess a, a preempted uh, happy uh, war damn birthday to you then. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Okay, and uh, tomorrow, go crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. But that guys, thanks for the time. I know what time is way up rambling here. So uh, until uh, tomorrow, you guys have a safe afternoon. And uh, whatever you do, Ryan, uh, Tom, just uh, don't get caught doing that. <laughs> All right. Where are you, guys? Where are you, Steve? Thank phone you. Thank you. As always, that is retired Ward AM Steve on our Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take our first break of hour number two. More sports call after this timeout. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. back to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Tiger 95.9. You like this, Tom? Could be. <laughs> so, so all I can think about with that is the fact that I am turning 46 tomorrow and grew up in the 80s. This is like... This is what we're going for. Yeah, I guess so. 
I love this song. Yeah, this is like this is like your typical eighties, like late seventies, eighties. This is a Silk Sonic song. Yeah. Do you just like, want me to loop this for the last hour and a half of the show? But you know, uh, nah. no. Okay. Just it, it reminds me of like the theme song from like an eighties show that was coming on, like Chips or yeah. uh, like one of those shows that would come on yeah. in the eighties. This is like the theme song from it. So, yeah. Uh, little eighties groove. At the skate rink, yeah, yeah man. The, that's the name of the song. It's called Skate. Oh, okay. well, there you go. Vitz, um, you, you got anything special planned for tomorrow? Nah, man. You get to my age, it's just it's another one. Uh, I mean, I'm happy. Uh-huh. I'm happy to happy to have another time around the uh, around the earth. I guess you can say, but um, nothing in particular. Nah, I mean, I, uh, me and the girlfriend going to go out to dinner tonight and uh, celebrate. I've already celebrated with my parents uh, last weekend because they're going out of town. I think we're going to go hit up some uh, Asian market tonight. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, man. Spice it up Asian a little bit, market? dude. It's incredible. If you like Asian food, that is, that is just Where? the bomb. Where? Uh, it's on Opelika Road at the Midtown Shopping Center, I think. Yeah. It's called Taste of Asia. But, okay. it, yeah, it's like a whole Asian market, and they've got a restaurant next to it. It's authentic Asian, like straight up. Interesting. You, you, you're not going to go there and get some Kung Pao chicken or, <laughs> or just General Tso's chicken. You, This is like real deal Asian food, right. and it is absolutely fantastic. Cool. So that's that, where we're gonna I think that's where we're eating at dinner tonight. I love some Asian food, man. Yeah, man. Some good stuff. I don't know if I've had the I've had the real deal maybe once or twice. I don't think I've ever had the real deal, time. but I'll give it yeah. a shot. Dude, it's in, it's incredible. It probably is. I mean if if well I think of it this way. Is is this a bad way to think of it? That the Panda Expresses of the world. I mean, they're they're the fast food. They're the fast <laughs> right. food version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so it's like, okay, you get something American food, yeah. like a burger or something at a fast food place, but then you go to a sit down version of it. This would be the same thing. You're going to a sit down version, a much better version of, right. you know, the fast food version, which is sure. Panda Express or or whatever. Is Did, that a kind of a somewhat fair comparison? I, I I'll tell I'll tell you that since they have a market in there, they have a big fish market and a lot of live fish and things like this. So one of the times that I went there, I ordered uh, ordered something off the menu. I had seen it only online, uh, and it was a Dungeness crab uh, Dungeness crab Hong Kong style. And the first thing is the lady looked at me and asked me how I knew how to order that. And I was like, Well, I saw it on the me- or I saw it online menu. So she goes to the market, goes in the tank gets a dungeness crab out of the tank brings it to me and holds it up and says is this one okay it's a live crab the crab is still alive straight out of the water and she's like is this one okay i was like sure it it will be when it's dead yeah and took it to the back and cooked the crab i mean literally took the daggum thing out of the water and went back there and cooked it for me i was like oh my gosh that's that's incredible (laughs) (laughs) so that kind of thing's on the menu tonight then probably something like that yeah that's excellent. That's a good idea. There, there is. A, you mentioned steak and tater. There is a, there is a, uh, a menu item on there that uh, that we get all the time. It's called the sizzling fillet, and it's a, it's filet mignon, but it's uh, 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 black pepper Ooh, uh, yeah. sauce, and it comes out on a sizzling skillet with oh, onions and God. peppers. Oh my lord! It is just to die for. That's definitely going to be done tonight. I'm going to stop the food conversation for two two reasons. One, uh, this is a sports talk show. Two, also, I'm going to get hungry, and I would not like to do that an hour and a half out. 
and I'm not going to be eating an early dinner tonight either. So yeah, I let's skipped, just I skipped lunch. So okay, yeah, let's just not. No reason to <laughs> keep getting us hungry then. Torture. Moving on. <laughs> College football playoff rankings. That is a topic that we often discuss on this show. Yeah. They were revealed last night. If you're just catch getting caught up to speed, Georgia was number one. They jumped Ohio State. Ohio State is number two. Michigan is number three. TCU number four. Tennessee five. Oregon six. LSU seven. Breaking up the two Pac-12 teams, meaning USC is eighth. Alabama is ninth. And Clemson falls to ten. What do you guys make of those rankings? Uh, to me, not really a surprise. That um, I, I'm sure some Ohio State fans are going to be disappointed that they got jumped. But I, I mean, come on, come on! It, it's, it's it's Georgia. It's the defending champs. They're doing what they need to do, and they look damn good against yeah, Tennessee. Great. So uh, it, you can take whatever you want to out of this right now. It's going to change, obviously, because Ohio State and Michigan still have to play each other. Uh, I don't see Georgia losing another game until potentially the SEC championship game. But even then, Georgia's going to be heavily favored because just kind of looking at the West and what a mess that is right now, we don't even know who the who the West. It could be one of three different teams right yeah. now. So, Ole Miss still has a chance to get in there. LSU still has LSU. a chance. Alabama still has that outside chance. So, um, yeah. you just don't know. Um so yeah, things are going to change. Uh, it's nice to see a team like TCU sitting there. Uh, if they if they take care of business, then you'll see them in there. Sonny Dykes, uh, a, a guy who has been mentioned not a lot, but in the Auburn coaching search of things, um, Sonny Dykes' name has come up sometimes. But I mean, he's potentially got TCU there in the Final Four, which right. that'll be kind of cool to see a, a new team in there. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, it's going to work itself out. Uh, Tennessee's still sitting right there kind of in a nice position if yeah. they keep taking care of business because you just have to imagine one of the two, Michigan or Ohio State, is going to get – That's what I was going to say. Yeah, they're, they're going to yeah, yeah. get knocked out and not be able to get back in. Um, and, and you have a chance for Oregon to slide in if hey, they win yeah. the Pac-12 championship. So um, there's – there's it's pretty open. The, the the I think the only conference that's really out is, is – the ACC, right, at this point? Yeah, the ACC, um, because Clemson was their only hope. Right. And, and after and they got their butts just right. handed to them. At Notre Dame yeah. this past weekend, there's it was a close no loss. Path. You could, yeah, if, you, if it was a close loss, you could kind of go, mm, they kind of got tripped up. But no, I mean, they got blasted. Yeah, it's, and it's not like that Notre, team is necess- Notre Dame team is necessarily right. great. Now they're ranked 20th, so they're kind of fighting back in there. They had a really rough start to the beginning of the season. Um but yeah, I, I I don't have any problem with the top four. TCU's fought pretty hard to get to get to where they're at. They're undefeated, so sitting at four, that's pretty good. And like you said, Tom, uh, one of Michigan and, and Ohio State, there one of them is going to be out, and you could assume that it's going to be either Tennessee or Oregon that will end up being uh, back in. I would assume, honestly, I would probably assume Oregon because. If they go undefeated, yeah. Well, well, well I'm sorry. Well, they've got the one. They've loss got the to Georgia, one loss yeah. to Georgia, um, but with Tennessee, you know, there's no way for them to get into the SEC championship right. unless Georgia loses. So I just don't see how they can eat, how they can stay in the top four, even if they were to um, get back in. Now I don't see how they can stay. So that's that's my only 
uh, issue with them unless a bunch of, uh, I mean, unless, you know, literal chaos happens. Then, well, I mean, you know, TCU, TCU could potentially lose a game. I mean, TCU could potentially lose a, lose a game. And then who, who I think who they, whoever they play this weekend, I it's think at is, Texas. Yeah. So I guess that's their toughest, their toughest matchup oh. probably is going to be at Texas. Uh, see how that plays out. If they beat Texas, though, I, I don't, I think it's kind of smooth sailing for them after that, isn't it? Um, they're at Baylor, which Baylor's been a little disappointing this right. year. They will have a Pac-12 championship game. I think their last game of the year is host Iowa State, so that should be no problem. But right. uh, at Baylor, I, I, any road game, you, you look at what TCU's done That's this true. year. You know they have not blown many people out. They did blow out Oklahoma, but they even hosting Texas Tech last week. They only won by ten, right? Uh, and Texas Tech led that game into the third quarter. So I don't think TCU's infallible here. No, yeah, they're, I guess you're right. They're not. They're yeah. not exactly perfect. Yeah, at, at Texas, at Baylor, and then home against Iowa State. Yeah. So here's what I let, let me bring this up though, because I saw this talk and I, I wouldn't. I let, let's just bring it up. Do I won't it. even. I won't insert my opinion yet. There was some some displeasure amongst SEC people that Tennessee was behind TCU. Um, and that TCU was four and TCU, uh, TCU, TCU was four, Tennessee was five. The argument here that would be made is just t- Tennessee has so many Strength impressive victories. Yeah. Um, they've got wins over number seven, LSU, on the road decisively, number nine, Alabama at home, and if you want to throw in number 24, Kentucky as well, while TCU's best win is is Kansas State at number 19, and I'm not aware of another top 25 victory to this point. So would you be willing to make the case that Tennessee should be number four, at least for the time being? Uh, no, because I just don't see how that's – you play who you play. Like your schedule is your schedule at the end of the day if you're winning and you have – I get it, strength of schedule, um, but, but you lost. You have that one loss. It's kind of still hanging over you. Um, you know, if you can maybe find a – you don't necessarily control your own destiny. Every team controls their own def- destiny week to week. If you continue to get wins, everything will shake out how they're supposed to. TCU has continued to get wins. They're undefeated. So they have earned that four spot. Uh, I mean, Tennessee is five. They're on the outside kind of looking in right now. But that's the way I see it. Was well, a uh- – what, had Kansas jumped into the polls when they played TCU? Was that the so game some done? of those teams TCU have beaten were ranked when they beat them, but they are not ranked now. Kansas qualifies as one. Another mm-hmm. one would be Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was ranked when TCU beat them. They right. are not ranked now. I gotcha. Well, again, you play who you play. Yeah. So here's my thing. Um, and it gets into the complexity of a committee. It gets into the complexity of um, opinion. I think Tennessee's a better team than TCU. I agree. Head to head, I think, head to head, I think they beats would beat them. them. Yep. So you get into do you value a resume more or an eye test more? However, in this case, I think one could argue the only bit of resume that TCU does better than Tennessee is that TCU is undefeated, which is not a small thing, but is not the only thing. And that's why I mentioned the. Um, the great wins that Tennessee has. Right. Their loss, while it was not a close loss, it was to the best po- is the best possible loss you can have in the entire right. country because they lost on the road to the now number one team. 
So I would simply say it is very close. If TCU continues to win out, I think TCU, obviously, based off this precedent, would get in over them. They would also get a Big 12 championship, a conference championship in which TCU, or excuse me, Tennessee cannot win. But I would say that if you are a believer that the four teams should be the four best teams, I would not be able to argue TCU necessarily in that situation. But I... But also what you would say is is that if Ohio State and Michigan, they've got to play, one of them has to lose, yeah. would you take the loser of that game over Tennessee? The, the only thing that I – the only thing that bothers me that when you start getting into that deal, then you have to start looking even further down because let's be honest, Alabama would beat TCU. I, I honestly believe Alabama would beat TCU. So – if you start getting into who's the better team, well, you can go all the way down to Alabama right. and think that they're better than TCU, but that doesn't mean you can put Alabama up there because they've got two well, losses. Well, that's because their resume would be a, a good bit different. It wouldn't sure. be, you know, you're talking two losses versus, right. but... I'm just saying, but right. if you once you start talking about... That's why about, it's not the only part of it. Right. I agree with you, but yeah. if it is some part of it, then, you know, I mean, again, if, if all things are close or equal, right? right? Well, and that's yeah. what we're talking about. If you're talking... A one-loss team versus no-loss team, that's at least close. Two losses starts to get a little bit more far-fetched, right. although we also acknowledge LSU has a chance to make this playoff with two losses. Now, the reason that is true is because they have a lot still in front of them and that they can win a conference championship, right. which right. Alabama is almost disqualified from. One more LSU win will prevent Alabama from having that chance. Right. Um, and then LSU at the very closing bell could beat not saying they will i don't think they will but they could beat the number one team in the country which would, would be georgia yeah and that would be a incredible feather in the cap at the bell now again this will probably get sorted out it is much murkier now because there's still a lot of paths to take obviously if tcu loses i don't see a path for them being over tennessee at that point for right. example now the last scenario well, I shouldn't say last. There's always a million scenarios, and there's always a lot that you can talk about. But the last scenario we'll talk about for now before we take a break is the Pac-12 teams versus a one-loss Tennessee and a one-loss Ohio State-Michigan loser. Mm-hmm. How would you prioritize and your best guess of what you think will happen? And I know UCLA is still part of this as a one-loss team, but let's focus on the two highest-ranked one-loss Pac-12 teams, which is Oregon and USC at 6th and 8th. How do they shake in to this, assuming one of them does go on to win their conference as a one-loss team versus the one-loss component of Tennessee and, again, the Ohio State-Michigan loser? Um, Ultimately, I would say that they have a conference championship and Tennessee does not. Uh, I think that's kind of how I think and, I think and wouldn't even play they, in right and, and wouldn't, wouldn't even play in one and it. they I feel like the committee has always valued that when coming down to those types of decisions and it in you know same record but who has what and if you have a conference championship they value that more than not even being able to play for one of course now you say that a couple of years ago Al- put, yeah, Alabama got in, in after Al- after Auburn had beaten them and Georgia and then got beat by Georgia in the championship game they put Alabama but in there, even though they didn't play in the title game. It was very clear that 
every other conference was not near as strong at that point. Sure. And I can't remember what the teams were like around them if if you had that or if it was like clear cut. But yeah, I, I the only I thing I remember, remember about one. it is that it was not a, a guessing game. Like Alabama was gonna get in. Yeah, right. You know, right. It was Everybody not, knew. And so, so that's kind of the thing. Um Right now, we don't know what's going to happen with those three and four spots. Right. I. I mean, I'm just. I guess what I'm saying is, in your opinion, what would you? What would you want? To, what would you think should happen? Not what would happen. What should? I mean, what should the order be? I. I. Va- I value playing for your conference I championship, I and I think that's that. one of the things that they put that playoff thing together was to try to award you if you win yeah. your championship. Um, obviously, because obviously every year the SEC champion is going to be in, in there, you know, every time, but, but, you know, but then again, if you say the same thing about Clemson, if they go, if they run it and win the ACC, they've still only got one loss, even though it's a terrible loss, you can say the same thing about Oregon. They've got one loss, but it was an absolute butt kicking. Now, what will be interesting is say LSU wins out, goes all the way, beats Georgia in the SEC championship, Georgia, that would be something that I would definitely watch out for because then they'd, they'd probably put Georgia four, yeah. maybe five. You'd, you'd definitely be, you could definitely have a conversation at that point because you know Georgia's definitely one of the best teams in the, na- in the country. I don't think Georgia would drop out of that top four. It, exactly. So then you, you talk about, okay, obviously you have to put LSU in, right, because they won their conference championship. They won the SEC. Georgia stays the winner of probably Ohio State, Michigan stays because they're playing for their conference championship, probably going to win it. Um, so, I mean, I, I think I, then, even if TCU is undefeated, I think then, I think Georgia would probably stay. Right. Um, well, how about you throw even a bigger kink into things? Man, we're just, we're just like throwing, we're throwing wrenches and everything. Go for here. it. I, we're going to take this to the end hours. Go ahead. Yeah, we're throwing wrenches in this. Uh, we've talked about Ohio State, Michigan. The loser of that one's out. So then that winner plays in their championship game and gets upset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would think I that would think, be yeah, so I, unlikely because the other side of that Big Ten is trash. Uh, it, is, it it absolutely is. But again, we know we're talking about you value winning your yeah. title, well, your championship. Well, obviously, whoever's from that other side is not going to get into that if if they pull no. off a miracle upset, which it could happen. I mean, it's not it likely. Is college football. It is college football. Uh, we've seen crazy things happen. Right. Um, we've seen crazy things happen in championship games. So you just talk about throwing another wrench in there. But I mean, that we're 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 like we're throwing wrenches into the into the mechanism that are not likely. If we just kind of look at the likely scenarios of what is going to happen, Georgia you've got to think. Probably stays at number one. Georgia's most likely likely Georgia is going to win the SEC. They're going to be at number one. You have to imagine Ohio State or Michigan. One of those two are going to – well, one of them is obviously going to win their game, right. win their conference. They're going to be two. Then you start looking at three and four, and that's where it starts getting weird. Yeah, three and four is definitely going to be interesting because I think I think that Oregon – I think – well, I mean, I think, if, I think if TCU wins out, you can't – Yeah, you can't you keep, can't, you can't keep you can't TCU, move them TCU out. out if they don't. So yeah. they're going to probably move up to that three spot three. if they continue to stay undefeated. And then that four – four spot is going to be interesting and. If, because and seeing I would weigh Oregon if Oregon, Oregon takes more, care of business. And if they win their championship, right. they get that fourth spot. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I value them winning their 
title. And the fact their only loss was first game of the year to Georgia. And right. granted, it was an absolute beatdown. Beat down, but the team's different. They've run the table since yeah. then and win their conference title. I and think I give good. that more uh, than I do Tennessee. Right. If they run the table, even though they also got their butts kicked by Georgia. They just they're they're not in that they don't get the benefit of playing for yeah. a championship. Right. Which is tough. It's tough. It, but which, that's which, why people talk about we need why, a bigger playoff. Why they talk about it. expansion. I but, get it. But right, is yeah. a lot. But right now it's not expanded and it's just right. four. And is, so it is what it is. So I would, you're just gonna have uh, to mess miss out. Like it, it just it's just tough luck with the four. It's just it, it just is what it is. I, I would have to take Oregon just yes. because of that. But honestly, I think head to head Tennessee would beat Oregon. I don't disagree, but but they didn't play. They didn't value. Play, they didn't do what they, they needed place, to do to get to their right. championship game. The value that they place on these championships is pretty key. Um, I mean, outside of obviously like a weaker conference, but you, like you were talking about TCU. You think TCU wouldn't beat Tennessee and so and so? But last year, you can make the same argument with Cincinnati. They were undefeated. Yeah. There was. You know, you you could you could definitely question if they were a hundred percent the fourth team, the best, the number four team in the nation, um, and it, they just got in because they're undefeated. They'd been playing pretty good games throughout you know throughout the last couple years, so they kind of earned that opportunity. So I, I think of it as almost the same way, except for TCU's in the Big Twelve. They're in a more legitimate conference, in my opinion. And ironically, TC used to be a part of the, the group of five not too long ago. I, mean, I don't know if it was really referred to group of five as such because it was uh, just before the playoff, but they were in the Mountain West um, and they uh, were, you know, not treated, obviously not a big conference team. Then they moved to the Big 12. And I think that was like the first year of the playoff. They had the TCU Baylor scenario yeah. where neither one got in because they didn't have a conference championship game back then, which was very silly on the Big 12's part. Um, there's there's still a lot of scenarios here to, to go down the line because one elephant in the room, and no, I do not mean Alabama, <laughs> uh, is this dynamic where the Pac-12 gets screwed over because, reminder now, this is where I, I come in and remind people of things. Don't do that. I know, reminders are terrible. <laughs> um Utah exists. Here's why Utah existing matters, okay? Remember them when uh, they lost to Florida and that was going to be Florida's big turnaround? Right. So, reminder, Utah has had a whale of a schedule in the Pac-12. It's actually the toughest thing you can do in the Pac-12. They had USC, UCLA, and they still have Oregon. Well, they've beaten USC and lost to UCLA. If Utah beats Oregon, which they may or may not. I mean, who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Then we have, until USC and UCLA play, a four-way tie. Yeah, that's that. With all teams having one loss. And I know Pac-12 football is not the top of everyone's care list. But hey. But that would really muck things up. Because then the USC-UCLA game would be bananas important the loser would be out right the loser had no chance the back to championship game which could be usc and so i guess what i'm saying is if you have a scenario where utah beats oregon and then usc loses to ucla that would be problematic everyone would have two losses in the pac 12 here's what <laughs> also would be problematic it wouldn't even have to be that complicated 
If just simply Utah beats Oregon, the problem for the Pac-12 is, okay, no, you say, I want USC to beat UCLA. I would like that to happen. The problem would be USC's losses to Utah and they did not play Oregon. So how does that shake out? It shakes out that Oregon is probably ranked high. It shakes out that Utah has a tiebreaker over USC. Right. Remember, USC also plays Notre Dame, which is not important in the Pac-12, but what if USC were to lose to Notre Dame in the last week of the year, like Clemson just did? So Pac-12 can get complicated there. There could be tiebreakers, especially if Utah beats Oregon. (laughs) I think, Um, yeah. And then at that point, you're talking two lost Pac-12 teams. You've lost me at that point. Yeah, I think I was going to say, I think all of that, ultimately, if that were to happen... Uh, that would eliminate the Pac-12 from being in in there, um, for sure. And then one last thing. i got 30 seconds, so I've got to mention them quick. You know who actually lost with Alabama this weekend? You know who's the other biggest loser? And I'm not talking about a team that actually lost a football game. I'm just saying someone that also lost the LSU-Alabama game. It's Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yeah. Because now Ole Miss does not control its own destiny. Now, if they beat Alabama, that win is not going to be as sexy because someone else will have already done it the week before. And I don't know if that's enough steam now because they catapult to get them up in the top four. I thought for all the world they control their own destiny because I thought Bama would beat LSU. Did not happen. And now Ole Miss needs LSU to lose again. Obviously, they still got to beat Alabama. But if they do, it's going to hold a little less, less weight. And now Ole Miss has got to jump all these teams. They're still sitting at 11. Uh, they got no favors done. They would have actually loved LSU to lose because then they beat Alabama, and they're all the way into the SEC championship game. So Ole Miss kind of was a by proxy a loser of what happened in Death Valley on Saturday. Out of time for hour number two. Hour number three ahead. We'll talk more college football. We'll also talk some Auburn basketball as you listen to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call here on this Wednesday afternoon. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Cam Barry with you here right now. Still expecting J.J. Jackson, the host of this fine program. I don't think he's coming back. At some point. I, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna say he's going to make it back at some point, uh, handling some company business right now. And so Ryan, Cam, and Tom with you here for uh, the last hour or so. In the hour number two, we talked a lot about 
uh, the college football playoff rankings. We also had a phone call from retired Ward and Steve. If you missed it, go check out the podcast wherever you may get your podcast and uh, fun show so far. I want to talk a little bit now and, and do a little bit of a pivot to Auburn basketball as they played uh, Monday night inside of Neville Arena, the first game of the season. You guys previewed a, previewed it a little bit on Monday. Now, after seeing the game Monday night against George Mason, the victory, what were your takeaways? Uh, defense is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, de- defense is <laughs> – that, that, that team is really, really good uh, defending the ball. So, uh, there's that. But shooting – Mm, maybe a little bit to be desired there. You're hoping that that's going to get a little bit better. But, you yeah. know, right now the defense is uh, defense was fantastic in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I mean, you definitely want the shooting to be to be better. But, you know, it's the first game. I'm not really too worried about it yet. Um, I, I agree. But you also got to remember last year, especially from three, yeah, this was, yeah. it was something that really plagued Auburn last year. Oh, yeah. We're shooting from three. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I'm trying to look at some numbers. Three-point shooting was not good. It. No, the three-point shooting was not good um, overall. Um, but like 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 you said, the defense was great. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, locking up the top scorer of the league in Adoro, holding him just to eight points, Janai Broom did he absolutely great job doing that uh i kind of i like his little i like his little attitude that he has i like that i kind of kind of see him talking a little bit doing a little bit of that you never you never really saw walker do that as a center so this is kind of a a a personality change um when you're when you're seeing that and watching him do that um wendell doing wendell things great job with his passing like his vision um not 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 too overall worried about the team. I would like to see Johan Treyor do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him be um, a little bit more aggressive. And, and you know, he was at times. Uh, I think the three ball is going to come for him. It's not obviously as natural as we're probably used to seeing when Jabari did it. Um, and it's not going to be as smooth. But that'll come. We definitely saw flashes of it in Israel. So we know it's, it's there. Um, I just think, you know, his first game... He's a freshman, uh, you know, those jitters, you know, and, and I think that'll that'll I mean, the same thing really happened with Jabari. Jabari didn't come and, and immediately was like right. boom, boom, boom. So I, I think that'll definitely come and that'll help a little bit with the scoring. Love the energy from Dylan. Um, he did his thing. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I like this team. I like where they're going to go. Um, yeah, four, yeah six, four, 16, 16% from three definitely. Yeah, can't, four. Can't be. And four sorry, for 25. Yeah, it's, it's six and God, free throws. Free throws, free throws, free throws, free throws, free throws, free throws. Yeah. They're killing me. 18 of 29. Yeah, 18, so that's a lot of 62% points. 62% free throw. That's so many points left on the floor. And maybe again, just first game jitters. You never no. know. Um, I get it. It's, it is intense, you know, free throws, because uh, everybody's watching you. But uh, you, you just you got to make your free throws. You like I said, what worries you me just is got to make your free throws. What worries me is the fact that you know you have a bad shooting game. Yeah, it's first game, but you know, I'm I'm one of those always talks about trends. You know, the trends there. It's too early to really say there's a trend for this team. However, you go back and you look at last year and how this team really struggled, especially down the stretch just really struggled from behind the arc and struggled at the free throw line and it cost them some games. 
you don't want to see that continue. Another thing that you don't want to see as a trend that you want to break out of is Alan Flanagan. I mean, he's supposed to be one of your best players. He's 0 for 5, uh, uh, 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. Yeah, he was going he's three for He's 3 for 4 from the line, so he only missed one of those. But still, he's 0 for 5 from the field. you got to get more from Flanagan out of that. I mean, he's going to be one of your best players. And again, he's a guy that really kind of struggled last year, and you're really hoping more from him. Got to get that from him. Yeah. He's got to be a, a bigger piece to that puzzle for Auburn to be able to uh, make a good deep run through the uh, postseason this year. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and I'm curious to see how the rotations are really gonna kind of kind of boil down to. Um, I don't think really Chris Moore is going to be the consistent starter. He played really well. I liked to, I liked what I saw from Chris Moore. Yeah. Um, he always hustles, and everybody knows that. He's always been a hustle guy, but he's he's doing his thing scoring. He shot one for one from three, and and I feel like, you know, last year or his last two years being here, he wouldn't have taken that shot. Right. And so him taking that three, I liked that. He made it. It was good, good confidence shot for him, made his free throw. Um, you know, always, always energetic, always hustling. So I liked what I saw from him. Um, I think Flan is more dynamic, obviously in sh- in sh- scoring when he kind of gets going. So you, we'll see. It'll it'll yeah. come along. It's the first game, so you can't take right. really. You can't know too much about how this team is going to be and who's going to really stand out. Um, obviously, it just kind of seems like Wendell's going to continue to do what he does, and Janai is always going to be a consistent part of just how we run the offense he's always going to score um go probably you know get into those double did double figures just because he's always going to be around the basket um but other than that you know you'll you'll see who really trends into who's really going to be scoring more often you you just you definitely want to see the ball going in the bucket a little bit more for uh for a guy like wendell uh for uh wendell green Five of fourteen from the field. Yeah, so Katie's you're, four of thirteen. And I was about to say KD was four of thirteen from the field. So I mean, you, you're really hoping those two guys can can find the bottom of the bucket a little bit more than that. Uh, if you're going to take that many shots, you, you're really hoping that they can knock some more of those down. And, and then you look at KD is also just two of nine from three. And I mean, that's a guy that can be just deadly from back there when he's on. But right. if you're only hitting two of nine, you're not doing yourself any favors. Um, Wendell Green one of four from back there. So. The, the defense is great. I, I, I love the, the energy, uh, the, the energy and just the feistiness uh, of that defense, you know, forcing those turnovers, forcing fast breaks, and just, just really making things uncomfortable. Uh, and then also your defense under the basket making things uncomfortable. Um, you know, you, you lose Walker Kessler, but now, you know, Janai Broom has shown that he can be in there. Trey Orr can also get in there. And uh, Dylan Cardwell, of course, can get in there. So, defensively Auburn can make teams extremely extremely uncomfortable with what they're trying to do but on the reverse side of that you've got to be able to make points out of that I mean you just have to and I mean you can get as much transition uh, easy buckets as you want to with turnovers and all but I mean when you get into a set offense you've got to be able to score a little bit more than they were in that game I think you guys summed it up pretty well 10 Auburn players played at least 13 minutes those were of course Janai Broom Chris Moore Jalen Williams, Wendell Green Jr., Zepp Jasper, which were the starters, and Yoan Treor. Dylan Cardwell, who was very productive defensively. Trey Donaldson, Alan Flanagan, and KD Johnson. I think this lineup will fluctuate a lot yeah. uh, over these first few weeks yeah, or I so. Agree. Um, 
the good news for Auburn is, just from a uh, record standpoint, there's not a lot of meat on this non-conference schedule, and, and certainly not in the month of November. The uh, next game for them is South Florida, a team that's been pretty bad in the AAC for quite some time. That one is in Auburn Arena on Friday. They then have Winthrop. They then have Texas Southern, uh, who wins the SWAC very frequently, but nevertheless still the SWAC. Uh, then they have the Cancun Challenge. They'll probably play a couple decent teams there. And they host St. Louis, and St. Louis is, I think, picked second in the Atlantic 10, so that'll be a, a quality game. But uh, even starting the month of December, they've got Colgate, which is more known for its toothpaste than its basketball prowess. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that the good news is there's going to be some some time to figure this out before Auburn eventually has Memphis and then USC Washington there all in the last week or two of non-conference play. Um, and, and, again, I think it's a mixed bag. I think that they clearly – are going to have great defensive chops this year. They're going to have length around the rim. Uh, it might be, a, a, you know, if Cardwell can continue to uh, play defense without fouling and, and have the impact at the rim, you could have a two-horse uh, two race there yeah. for sh- leading the, the, the team in shot blocks between Broom and him. And then I think Traor can be uh, a shot blocker in some respects too. I think this team will play good defense. But uh, the, the other side of that is kind of, that, that, that shooting element, which we all get one game, you can shoot the wor- the world, shoot the lights out, or you can not make anything in the ocean. We, we all understand that. But, but given that this team truly did struggle from three uh, compared to other Bruce Pearl teams last year, and also given the context, and this is what I, I when I think of it, what matters to me, why this team needs to shoot well, is Bruce Pearl teams shoot a lot of threes. Yeah. Period. And it doesn't matter if they're really good at them or not. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. And so, obviously, if you're going to do that a lot, you, you need to be making a, a decent percentage of them. And we saw last year Wendell Green Jr. was, quite frankly, uh, terrible from three in SEC play. Um, and Katie Johnson was very hit or miss. And, and so, you know, yeah. we know Wendell can make deep threes. We know Katie Johnson can make tough threes but i guess shot quality matters for them definitely uh, a lot this year and then you want to see uh, to, to tom's point you want to see alan flanagan back to 2020 alan flanagan and and right. at this point I, i'm not very confident we're going to see that ever again um he had a bad year last year that was marred by injuries early on and, and we understand that but uh you know having some time away from the team prior to this season stresses me out a little bit concerns me Obviously, the 0 for 5 from the floor in 23 minutes, you know, that's a lot of action to not have a field goal uh, go through. I think it's a confidence thing with him. I think it could be as simple as he has one big game and then he turns it on from yeah. that point forward. But at some point, you got to, the, the switch has got to be flipped. It. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be flipped. And, and it's not been flipped since the end of the 2020 season. So um, Flanagan is concerning now. I, I do think you will see again. I'm very high on Treyor overall. I think you're just going to see him do uh, big things this year. Agreed. Um, you know, Jalen Williams has always been a guy that has not gotten as many opportunities as some other guys, just because a Jabari Smith comes right. in and, and blocks him yeah. a little bit. But he's always been a productive player when he, he plays. Is. So he's I, a consistent guy. Mm-hmm. I, I like. I like Jay Will. Good effort guy and, and, and very capable. Even though he's got kind of the weird-looking form, he can make threes. That's another guy this year that w- would be interesting to see what his percentage shakes out to. So there's still some offensive potential here. 
Uh, obviously, it's one game, 70 points. You know, not going to overanalyze it. But I, I think you saw what – I think you saw both sides of the coin. I think you saw what could make this Auburn team truly special again, which is defense, which is a lot of length, a lot of athleticism, a lot of th- guys that can do different things. But then you also were rem- reminded of why Auburn did not finish the way it wanted to last year after having an historically good uh, majority of the regular season, which they got to number one in the country – have this all-world talent, Jabari Smith, this all-world defensive player in Walker Kessler. You were reminded of why that team did not win an SEC tournament game and only won one NCAA tournament game, which was they started to get offensively stale and started to struggle to make shots there towards the end of the season. So uh, a starting point for Auburn. Uh, A lot of people like George Mason uh, to compete in that Atlantic 10, so not a bad team that they beat by any means, uh, but a uh, a last one game. Uh, but a good start, and again, there was been there would have been a time of Auburn basketball. I'm never going to leave this point out. There would have been a time of Auburn basketball where heh, George Mason would not be a obvious victory for the Tigers. So right. always going to remember that. And uh, Auburn, the 15th ranked team in the country again, in action against South Florida Neville Arena, seven o'clock on Friday. Going to take this time out. And then it will be time for a hump date update. We do that each and every Wednesday. We'll update you on the Campbell Camels coming up next. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen. Can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. I'm Ryan LaVoy, joined by Tom Peavy and Cam Barry. Cam, I'm with you. I'm starting to not think JJ will be back uh, during the show at I all today. I had no faith. Yeah, I'm losing faith, too, in uh, <laughs> the host of this program, who does a great job, but uh, is running some company business right now. So uh, hopefully he will return. Uh, to say goodbye to everyone today. Uh, but in the meantime, we will continue on with the program, and we're going to go back to our Auburn Bank phone line real quickly here, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, tiger 9 Next up, Jeff from Columbus. Jeff joins us. Jeff, how are you doing? Doing just fine. How are you all doing? Doing well. Doing great. Hey, good, good. Hey, um, uh, Tom, I'm glad you're on. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you, but uh, man, I'm going to check out that uh, that restaurant you were talking about. <laughs> that that that's right up my alley. My um, it's so crazy. My father was, was retired military, but when I was eight eight years old, I lived in Bangkok, Thailand, and back then, back then they didn't even have chicken nuggets. But <laughs> all I wanted was a hamburger or a hot dog, you right. know, or a sandwich. And now I live here in Columbus, Georgia, and all I want to do is eat some fresh. I actually buy whole crabs at the Asian market here in Columbus, and 
to them myself because yeah. it is. It's just something totally different, you know. But uh, and the spices, oh my goodness, that's what makes the whole meal, right? Oh, absolutely. And and, and yeah, that absolutely. that market over there, it's it's incredible. You can find just about anything you want in that. Yeah, the restaurant's incredible. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do, man. I am sure glad to see Auburn family back in a better mood because I haven't. I, I mean, I actually feel sorry. I, well. I feel bad calling in and trying, you know, kicking somebody while they're down. So I'm glad you all got that moral victory going for you. And um, uh, Steve can get that Go Crazy shirt next to the uh, Taking Care of Company business shirt and the and the uh, Orange Out Penn State shirt probably at uh, we uh, www dot uh, uh, we got a moral victory bookstore. I think they're all on sale there right now. But um, Man, speaking of moral victories, this is a moral victory against Mississippi State, right? And and so that shows how far things have changed, right? So Lane Kiffin, probably the the top candidate, or that's what the Auburn family wants. Uh, you give him ten million dollars a year, sign him to a multi year contract, and. W- how long do you think it would take him to turn this around? Uh, I think the portal element always, uh, or not always, I mean, it's new. The, the portal element is is something that can high, expedite a process like that. I, w- I would think it would take a couple of years, um, you know, but with the portal, you could pro- you could have maybe a better start, a better baseline than you would think. Now, Auburn... You know, it, it, they, they don't have the depth after this team departs. I mean, they already don't have great depth this year. They're going to lose their best players off this team. They're really going to be struggling for depth next year. Now, in the portal, if you get a, a game-changing quarterback or you get a multitude of linemen, that sort of thing, again, you could get to a better baseline next year, but you're not going to have the depth to be awesome. So, either way. So, I, I think it takes a couple of years, but but not uh, not maybe the three- to five-year rebuild that uh, a program going through at Auburn is right now would, would normally take. Okay, but so you're saying two years instead of Instead of three or four, or five yeah, yeah. Right, but but that isn't that kind of if everybody else stops recruiting. I mean, what what makes? I mean, nowadays, like you say, with the NIL and stuff, are you assuming that Auburn, with a losing record this year and Lane Kiffin coming in, that people are going to turn down? Uh, let's say. Uh, LSU, LSU's back up, right? Or, 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 you know, are 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 they going to be able to get the top talent away from the other schools that already have top talent? Well, I, obviously Auburn's not going to catapult to first or second in the recruiting rankings, and I don't think they have to for this. But I think if you look at just Lane Kiffin himself. Would you not say that Ole Miss was a similar quality of football team the year prior to Kiffin taking over with Matt Luke? I think they were five and seven in his last year. Well, two years later, Ole Miss goes to a New Year's Six Bowl. You look at Tennessee uh, with Josh Heupel; they've obviously fired. They fired a coach. They were not very good. And then in year two of Josh Heupel. 
here's where Tennessee is. So I think with Lane, well, a, a this man in general. I mean, Lane Kiffin already proved he can do it in two years. And then another SEC example in the other division with Tennessee can do it in two years. I don't see why Auburn cannot do it in two years. I understand. But now, is Mississippi so much better, or is were Auburn and LSU down when Mississippi won 10 games? I mean, I, I obviously that could play into it, is that LSU and, and Auburn – uh, have been struggling these last couple of years, but also, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that what Ole Miss did was was insignificant because they still have to do uh, they still have to go and, and beat teams that are perceived as more talented than like still despite what LSU's been the last couple of years, LSU would still be qualified as the more talented team. I think everyone would say that. So what Ole Miss has done is. They've proven that they've had a better coach. They've they've out out developed what LSU was developing the last couple of years, and then you still have the dynamic of Texas A and M two years ago did have its one great season under Jimbo Fisher. So while Auburn and LSU might not be doing what they would like to do, Texas A and M was in the middle of their best season in in quite some time just a couple of years ago. That's still someone that is out recruiting. Ole Miss all the while, and again, another team that Ole Miss is needing to either out-portal or out-develop. Man, every time I think I got you, I don't got you. Because, no, I mean, you're 100% right. Because Brian Kelly, I go, LSU will never be LSU again with Brian Kelly. And that is crazy. He turned it around, you know. And so that's why I'm wondering – that's the that's the whole game, isn't it? Is Alabama down, or are other teams better? You know, that's the way it always goes. It seems like, but Alabama's always—I mean, they've got the talent. And a guy was an Auburn fan was asking me, "What is it with Alabama? Is it a discipline issue?" You know, and I go, "What? I don't know where the issue would be. I mean, how do you, you know, the discipline? All you got to do is watch the ball. You're standing over the top of it. Isn't that what your coach always said?" How can you go offside? Right. You know, so, or you know the count. That's even worse. <laughs> you know, it, so. It, it's hard to explain some of the problems they've had. And, you know, that that's why, you know, again, Jeff, like, I'm not guarantee. I'm not going to put like a seal of guarantee that, that if Auburn were hire Kiffin year two, they're just going to the New Year's Six and they're doing all these wonderful things and, and it's awesome. But this day and age, Things happen so rapidly because there's so much attention paid to it, and because of the portal, you can really turn over rosters far quicker than you used to. You used to not have many people transfer. You, you used right. to have guys that needed a year or two to develop the physicality to play their position in a lot of instances. You didn't see as many high-impact freshmen. And so it's just way more plausible to build something up quicker. It doesn't mean it's going to happen in every single situation. It, some rebuilds can take more time than others. But just given that Kiffin is so has been so good in the portal at Ole Miss, it reasons to say he can duplicate that at Auburn. But as you're talking about, you know, LSU – increasing immediately with Brian Kelly. And I'm with you. I, I thought the fit was, was going to be hard to sell, but he is yeah. proving to just be such a competent football coach that he's taking that talent that was not developed under Ed Orgeron, and he's already made something into that just because of his uh, the quality of coach he is. So there's it's an ever-changing pendulum, and really 
Alabama and now what Georgia is doing is so different from everyone else because everyone else is usually operating with a pendulum. They have these big swing years where they're awesome, then they kind of swing back and they have to turn over roster. They're far different. And then they come back and they get a little better, a little better. And what Alabama and Georgia have done has kind of dilute expectations for what you're supposed to be able to do as a quality program. And and that you brought that up, and and uh, this same uh, Auburn fan brought. The, I was sitting there. I go, Lane Kiffin got fired at USC. I go, you don't think that he could recruit at USC? Like there's no, you know, he got fired. He wasn't losing to. He was losing to Pac-10 teams. So the same talent. So it's not like saying they're losing to the SEC teams. But so, I mean. What kind of coach is he? I mean, I don't understand. You know what I mean? Is it, is it, why did they fire him? I can't even remember. Well, so here's here's one thing. Okay, I will say that most coaches we see usually don't change for the better, or at least they don't get significantly better the way Lane is appearing to undergo this transformation. Uh, you have seen some coaches, I will say, Maybe not the best example, but if people will remember, Nick Saban was not this dominant force at LSU. He won a championship, but the team right after the championship lost three or four games. They they were not in the position to build a dynasty the way Alabama has now. Obviously, Saban perfects it now at Alabama. He learns uh, some things from the NFL from, from LSU and, and then perfects it. I, by no means is this a perfect comparison, but just giving you an instance of someone that got even better uh, the further down they went. With Lane, what I'm seeing is different. And you got to remember here at USC, they were coming off probation. Uh, they had just gotten all of those uh, penalties levied against them from the kind of the Pete Carroll days. And Kiffin was one of the. With Reggie Bush. Right. And, and Kiffin was the first okay. guy in after that. So I, I'm not giving him a pass. He still needed to do a better job at USC, but it was not a normal. USC was already having a, an issue there because of the probation, because the loss of scholarships and that sort of thing. So I think you translate it to. You know, 10 years later, essentially, Kiffin's worked with Nick Saban, so he's gotten an understanding of what went wrong. I got fired. I need to figure this out. I, I've been around a lot of different jobs. What went wrong? And, and he works with Nick Saban, gets his own shot at Florida Atlantic, has a couple of conference championship teams there. I just think he's a different human being and a different coach than what he was a decade ago. Tom's yeah, got some that. Yeah, I was going to chime in. The, the other thing uh, – it sounds like, and from everything that I've read about him and everything that he said, he has also matured on a personal level. He's not uh, – I don't think he's the Joey Freshwater that he was back when. I think he has actually matured and kind of learned from mistakes that he's made in the past, and he's he's more focused on being the head coach instead of kind of the, the wild party guy that he was when he was at some of these other places. Hey, Tom, you're fixing to turn, what, 46? Absolutely. I, 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 I bet you're a lot wiser than you were when you were 16. Absolutely. Or 26. You know what I'm saying? So you're right. I, I forget he was so young back then, too. So, well, man, I'm, I'm excited. It'll, it'll be something to watch. And dang, uh, uh, like I say, I appreciate y'all taking my call. I'm glad y'all are in a better mood. And, uh, uh, Tell JJ uh, I said hello. That's probably why he left. I told him I was going to call in today. So tell him he can come back now, okay? We, we, we will tell <laughs> well, him, and he may or may not say words right after this phone call, too. So 
We'll, All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. You know, thanks again. Y'all yes, have a great night. You too. You too, Jeff. We appreciate that phone call as always. That's Jeff from Columbus joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take one more commercial break in the show today. Sports Call will wrap up after this timeout. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au this is philip lolly former auburn tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 national championship team and you are listening to sports call Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and the Tiger Communications app. As Ryan LaVoy advertised, I am back. I'm JJ Jackson. Welcome back. Uh, I had Tom no faith that you were coming back. Yeah, Cam Berry and, uh, and Ryan LaVoy. Look, coming up on Friday, we, we've mentioned all the fun things happening here in the life of Tiger Communications. On Friday, we broadcast live from the Auburn Alumni Center, but also Friday night, the Beauregard Hornets are playing in the second round of the AHSAA playoffs. So we have got our broadcast authorized now by the AHSAA. Got that all squared away. So that at 7 o'clock, kickoff here, Tiger 95.9 FM, you, yes, you can be listening to Beauregard Football. All right, what a fun show it's been here on this Wednesday. It has flown by for sure. Uh, I feel like my performance has been pretty elite. In that for I, <laughs> for the know, little bit you've I been agree. here? I handled the first hour. Yeah. It was I handled quite, the quite, first hour. Quite the elite first hour. And, uh, yeah, then, then had to... Uh, and then Ryan had an elite hour and a half. He did. He did a great job. He did. How did Tom do? Tom did great. How did you do? I also did pretty great. Okay, awesome. We, we do great, great things. We had a great conversation about college football playoff and scenarios and different things like that that's so much awesome. fun to talk about this time oh, yeah. of year we did a lot of speculation on yesterday's show uh, and had to speculate because we didn't know what the new rankings would be we now yeah. know what the new rankings are uh, after last night so onward we go here on the program today so um yeah here we are and uh we'll get to it as we get set to uh wind down the show today uh you want to give a hump day update here let's do it Time for your Sports Call Hump Day update on the Campbell Gamble's football team. Wow. Awesome stuff. Emotional. I'm so fired what up. What a fight. What do we need to know about Campbell Camels? Well, the Campbell Camels took a trip to Smithfield, yeah, Smithfield, Rhode Island, to take on the Bryant Bulldogs. And unfortunately, a major comeback came up short as our Campbell Fighting Camels fall 43-37. to It's their third loss in a row. They are now 4-5 and five on the season. The Bryant Bulldogs moved to 3-6 and six with the upset win over Campbell. Uh, I say major ups or uh, major uh, comeback fell short. Bryant led this game 33 to 10 at halftime and was up 43 to 16 
after a touchdown pass uh, early in the fourth quarter. So they were down 43-16 to and came back to make it uh, – 43 to 37. Scored three straight touchdowns. Yeah. I remember I told you off air, I was like, I'm pretty sure they got beat bad because right. I saw I saw early fourth quarter scoring. That was not the yeah. full story. Uh, the Fighting Camels rallied with three Chad Mascow touchdown passes over five minutes to trail by six with just under six minutes remaining. But Mascow was sacked twice on Campbell's final possession before the Camels turned the ball over on downs at the Bryant 43. So that was it. They for got them. man. They got the ball back and passed midfield with chance to win too. Yeah. Dang. So yeah, valiant comeback comes up short. Some would our, say the camels fought. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The fighting camels fought <laughs> hard, but fell forty-three to thirty-seven. Uh, Masco Jr., uh, the quarterback, uh, twenty-three of thirty-six, three hundred seventy-eight yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Haj Malik Williams, who has been the normal quarterback all season, was just four of seven for 58 yards. I don't know if he got benched or if he got hurt because he also only had two rushing attempts for negative six yards. So, yeah, not sure if he got hurt or got benched, but uh, Chad Masco comes in and does a great job for him. And uh, Nakiri Rogers uh, rushing 12 attempts, 68 yards uh, with a touchdown. So, yeah, uh, valiant comeback, falls short, and our fight Campbell Fighting Camels are four and five on the season, losing forty three to thirty seven to the Bryant Bulldogs. All right, before our show comes to a close today, here's our TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right, it's our nightly TV guide, and it's brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Uh, National Basketball Association action tonight. What you could call rivalry basketball. A couple of games where teams occupy uh, the same areas and they're playing head-to-head against one another. 7 o'clock, we've got the Nets and the Knicks up there in New York going head-to-head in a fun one. After that, on ESPN Late Night, the Lakers and the Clippers. Just take us out back. and (laughs) Occupy Staples Center together. (laughs) They'll go head-to-head in that one. College football. Maction. Buffalo at Central Michigan. 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Also at 6 on ESPNU. Northern Illinois at Western Michigan. And here are some movie picks for you. Starting at the top of the hour at 6 o'clock. Ghostbusters on E. Terrific. Uh, The Avengers is at 6 on FX. And San Andreas is at 6 on AMC. What is that? San Andreas, a fault line. Um, Not a great movie. Isn't it like a volcano? No. 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 A fault line. It's a fault line in California. California. Do you know what a fault line is? Like it's a volcano? Tectonic plates. Tectonic plates shift and create earthquakes. Yeah, there it is. There we go. It's not hard. And so that's what it is, essentially? Yeah. Not essentially. It is. It is. That is what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. Essentially, the movie is an earthquake movie. Yes. Sure. That's what Called San Andreas. The disaster movie would be the John. Yeah. Starring you, some people? The Rock. Yep. The Rock. That's all I need to know. I'm in. I'm <laughs> have in. you seen the original Ghostbusters? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. Wow. Bill Murray. Okay. Yeah. Bill Murray. Just making sure. Yeah. I'm assuming that's the original Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters on I, I, TV. It is. Yeah. It is the original that's on television. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah, good stuff. Tom, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Happy birthday tomorrow, man. I appreciate it. Happy early birthday to you. I hope you have an amazing day. It will be. You may be 46, 
But damn, you, you look, look 26. At, oh. You know, I was. I thought you were gonna be. Damn, you look 46, but you don't look a day over 45. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I get to work on my birthday uh, on top of it. Yeah. Ryan, Cam, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Enjoyed That's going to do it for today's show. As always, thank you so much for being tuned in and called into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. For Tom Peavy, Ryan the Boy, Cam Berry, I'm JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.